It is the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Big Ten basketball is back and here to stay. How yeah, does that baby. sound to you? <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Dive into conference play, games every night, league play. It's going to be fun. You Three got, games tonight? Yeah. You got Purdue going on the road to face a Maryland team that has not looked very good so far. But I thought that was at Mackey. At Maryland. Oh, is it at yeah, Maryland? At okay. Maryland. It's on Peacock, so I don't well, expect yeah, you to be yeah, too yeah. Uh, up to speed on that one. <laughs> I am recording the Iowa game, yeah. Wisconsin. Iowa at Wisconsin and Northwestern at Illinois. The Illini's first true test since being without Terrence Shannon Jr. Again, suspended indefinitely pending this legal process as he's charged with rape and sexual battery. He does have due process to go through. Uh, we, we'll have to see how that plays out. I know we had a couple of texts on the U of I. Lionel League text line they wanted to get to before we move on. He said, I believe that the university is handling the situation as best as they can. Curious if he misses the rest of the season and is cleared of all charges this summer. Can he turn around and sue the university for not playing him, especially in this age of NIL? Um, it brings up two questions to me. Does he still get his NIL? That was a question that 100 people have asked me, and I'm like, well, I don't have pipes here by my side, so I don't know that <laughs> answer, and I don't know that Derek would know that answer. Um, I would imagine he does. Listen, I, I get where Heath is going here, but those are some awful strong charges. And I think that the university would really be putting themselves out on a, a, a pretty good limb Yes, by saying, well, he's been charged with this, but we're still going to go ahead and let him play until in a court of law he's proven guilty. Now, it all stinks. I mean, I get it, you know, and that's what Jay and you and I were talking off the air about how, what'd you say, January 18th is the yep. first? And now that'll yep. probably be a five-minute thing saying, okay, blah, 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 we'll see you back here March 18th. And right. nothing will be resolved on January 18th. So Unless and, there's some stuff yeah, going on behind the scenes right. right now, which could be happening, whether it gonna, is going to be a, a plea deal or it, whether there's – Evidence that Terrence's side can can offer up that maybe would would lead to his side of things in terms of proving his innocence. I, I don't know what he has, what they have in their pocket as far as right. that goes. But um, there's a lot that we don't know. There are pr- plenty of possibilities that could come of it. But yes, in terms of if this thing plays out on a normal track, mm. it's going to be way too far gone in terms of the season if this goes all the way through the trial. I'll let you then answer the question. I I, I don't know that there'd be an ability for Terrence to be able to turn around and sue the university. I mean, you could sue for anything, right? I guess. But I don't think he'd win. I I don't expect that to happen. I know that kind of on that note, you had the West Virginia player, uh, Raekwon Battle, uh, I believe is his name, suing the NCAA as far Mm. as by you not approving my waiver, you're infringing on my ability to earn NIL money. So that was part of his argument. But yeah, when when you're charged with something of this severity, it's... I think well within the university's right, obviously, to make that distinction yeah. of an immediate suspension. And it's it's justified in terms of until more facts come out right. and more of the process plays out. Because there'd be a ton of liability on Illinois' side if mm-hmm. they said, all right, we're going to play you. And then, number one, then you're going to face the, the backlash, the bad PR of you're playing somebody that is charged with rape. And then even worse, if he's proven guilty of that. Right. So they've got to be able to take their own measures and, and steps to, to prevent anything like that from happening. Uh, I, I do think also some have kind of compared this to, we had Brandon Miller last year right, from Alabama. That's what Bill just said, yep. Who was involved in the 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 murder that happened and, and providing the murder weapon and whatnot. But he was ne- the difference there is he was never charged with anything. Mm. He was being investigated. He was good call. Re- reported to have been involved, at least in terms of driving the gun to the the shooter, but he was never charged or no warrant was out for his arrest uh, to my knowledge there as well. So uh, I think that's where you have a a difference as far as that goes. I do agree at the front end of Heath's point, though. I think the university is handling as best as they possibly can at this point. And even if they have, I'm sure that they have Terrence's side of the story, Mm -hmm. but that is not the only story. Um, So it's, it's hard for them to act on just one side of this thing there has to be in my mind you mentioned it earlier uh, as far as our opinion we don't know there's no precedence for this there has not been a Mm-mm. case like this that in the panel has ruled on we say okay we can go we can draw back on this example this is probably how this goes but i think common sense is that 
there'd have to be some kind of legal resolution and have that rape charge dropped yeah. or resolved before Terrence suits back up in a line of uniform. There's out over your skis, and then there's way out over your skis, which is where I'm at with this right now. Mm-hmm. I, I understand what a lot of people, Lindy, I know he says that, you know, I hope I hope he does file a, file a lawsuit against the U of I. He thinks it's a joke, et cetera. And, and I, I, look, I understand all that. And I get all that, but the one thing I come back to, and the Muhammad listener kind of says that he's got a really good lawyer. In this situation, there is a need to rush a little bit of this. Like, I think, and I don't follow cases in the court of law very often, right? But it does appear that you have one hearing in January, you have another one in July, and you have another one in December or something. And you're like, why does it take that long to get through something? But you have a you have a kid in TJ or in, in uh, Shannon who there is a time stamp on how this could affect his life Big and, time. And, and not and I'm talking more basketball here so yeah. excuse that's his me livelihood right now exactly so excuse me if, if that's not an area you wanted me to go but there is a he's right now auditioning for a job in the NBA. Yes. And again, I understand there's the, well, yeah, but Lon, if he actually, and I, I get all that, right? But yet, he can't, like, if he misses this entire thing and this draws out past the NBA draft, then essentially he's lost his livelihood and lost the next year somehow, or he'll go play overseas and hope that he can, you know, get a contract. But so what I'm thinking is if there is anything that can be done to speed this up, or if there is any evidence that Shannon's side would have or is getting help of what we're hearing, you know, on some things, I would assume that they're going to be pushing this hard. Yes, I would because, agree with that. Because, I mean, you know, it, this isn't just like so – I don't know. I mean, I – It's hard to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because both of – yeah. We've it's, heard stuff. He's got – he's in his audition stage right oh, now yeah, for the NBA. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? And, and maybe – he – there could be some team out there because he's forecasted right now – the middle to the back end of the first round. Right. He's played well enough that there's the potential if, say, he is out the rest of this college basketball season, but between the end of the season and the draft, all charges are dropped. He's cleared and, and found is innocent. He might still get picked by somebody in that range, if not early second round, because he's played that well. But, yep. of course, him returning to take Illinois, where they look like they were destined to have a chance to go, which is deep in the tournament, which is right. competing at the top of the Big Ten – and him furthering what he was doing this year only solidified more that he could be a legit first-round pick and set up his path forward at the next level. Yes, that is this situation is in the way of that right now. Yep. Uh, again, he, he played a part in, in this being on his plate, obviously, but sure, that that's what has to has to play. I, I fully agree with you. I would imagine that his legal side is going to be aggressive and, and trying to play their hand. Uh, on the front end and look we could speculate and say stuff that we've you know I don't know it doesn't feel right though does it, it doesn't no to say hey we've heard this and that and well you said it in the first hour we've heard everything on Shannon's side right yeah and and rightfully so I mean that's what we were we cover Terrence Shannon and we're Illinois fans and so we're going to dig more into his side of proving his innocence we don't know anything on that side so I think that's where it would be bad of us to speculate on things that I'm sure the majority of our listeners have seen some of the yes, stuff that you yeah, and I have seen. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of know where we're going. Right. And there is a line of thinking that believes that Terrence will be back, that Terrence has a, has enough on his side that he will prove his innocence, and and they they would hope that it would be sooner rather than later and mm-hmm. that he'll be back this season. I, I know someone asked in the U of I line like text line, if he's found innocent, do you think he'll play again for Illinois? Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. If, as soon as this case were to be dropped, if, yep. it, if that is going to happen, then I think he's back immediately. Yep, absolutely. And why wouldn't he be, honestly? Yep. With the anger, if that's the way it goes, with the anger of how many games he's missed. Yeah, that would be justified. It would be justified anger from Illinois fans, from Terrence Shannon, from Brad Underwood, from all of that. I totally agree with that. But, yes, if he's innocent, then heck, yeah, he should play. Heck, yes. So, we'll see. It's it's a bad situation, and it's unfortunate, and somebody in the end is going to come out as a really bad, evil 
person. It'll either probably so, look that way. Yeah. Either side. Yeah. So and that's that's what it. I mean, that's that's about as far as I want. Yeah, to go. as far as yeah, that's as far as we can really say right now. Uh, let's talk about the game tonight, though. Let's, let's, let's go. start to preview Illinois Northwestern. Admittedly, Lon, this is one that scares me a little bit. I, I think that we're still very much in the early stages of who is this Illinois team without Terrence Shannon. We saw one audition against Fairleigh Dickinson, and they put up 104 <laughs> points. They won 104 to 71. I was very impressed by the fact that Coleman steps up in that moment, yeah. and I, I've wondered, you know, him in a primary role or just being more consistent. Even we, we talked about that before Terrence was out of this mix. He makes five threes, has a season I 18 points. Quincy Garrier continues to be tremendous. He does. Marcus Damask had 10 assists. Uh, more on his plate in terms of setting the table offensively and having things run through him. Obviously, Ty Rogers a little bit more aggressive offensively. Justin Harmon off the bench stepping yeah. up and – and being a nice uh, contributor in terms of the scoring punch, which are going to need more of that in the backcourt now without Terrence. But on the other side, we know what Boo Booey is capable of. Uh, th this is a team that beat Purdue in the Big Ten opener there in Evanston. Ty Berry's played well for them, a he guard has. that uh, can shoot the three well and also is is capable off the dribble. I'm, I'm interested kind of as a, a matchups perspective, Illinois playing a bigger lineup. You know, Terrence goes out, Luke Goody goes in. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a lineup that has a lot of size, and you're playing a, essentially a lot of wings together. Can they guard these quicker guards of Northwestern? Of course, the other end of it is is Illinois going size going to be able to post those guys up? And, right. And and which side wins out in terms of that, uh, as far as that goes? And and they also uh, that being Northwestern have the transfer from Princeton who put up 19 points per game in the NCAA tournament. Shot the three at a really high clip the last month, 55% from three in December. So they've got some capable pieces and a squad that's already knocked off Purdue and, and is seeing a shorthanded Illini squad. If I'm Illinois fans, I wouldn't be overly confident just because, oh, FDU, we put 100 on them mm -hmm. and it was right. cruise easy peasy to victory and, and we're going to be good. <laughs> we're still going to win a bunch of games in the Big Ten even if we don't have Terrence. I'm not saying they can't win plenty of games. I just think tonight is a – a tough one, and I, I would be feeling a little bit on on edge if I was an Atlanta fan thinking about this game. I, I want to respond to all that. I want to respond real quick to a text from Rory. It says, "Interesting, you said prove his innocence. What happened to innocent until proven guilty?" That's where I said I'm way over my skis on this. That's exactly. I understand that he's innocent until proven guilty. I totally agree with that. That's why I don't even like talking about subjects like this. I never have. In all of my years of doing radio or TV, I hate subjects like yeah. this because I don't talk in those legal terms on a daily basis. So for me to then say something like that, which I think Rory I was the one that is, said prove oh, well, it. Prove whoever said it, if he did do that, and I'm not saying Rory's wrong here because you should be innocent until proven guilty. The right. problem is in the court of law. Right. We don't talk these terms on a daily basis. So excuses for making no. a slip and something like that. Yeah, definitely. But I think for, in the court of law, you've you've got to you're innocent until proven guilty. That's mm -hmm. the way it works. In the in the court of basketball at Illinois, as long as you're charged with rape. I'm not saying that he is treated as guilty until innocent, but there is a, there is a a way where he playing. has to kind of prove his innocence, right. doesn't he? Like I, as long as he's still charged with that, I don't think he plays at Illinois. Yeah. So there's a there That's is a good, there good is a way that. that this has to resolve for him to be innocent of that of that crime until he gets back. It's not that he's gonna. I would be shocked if he if the if Illinois if the university this conduct panel takes the approach of saying all right. We're going to let you play until they deem that you are guilty. I don't think it's going to work it's that way. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to – and you're crazy to think that it will. It's just not going to happen. It, but I appreciate Rory bringing that up. Yeah, for sure. For that's sure. something that obviously, again, I, there's over your skis and then there's where I'm at on this. And I've said enough, to be honest with you, with it until we hear something more concrete. Now, back to basketball. I think if you're an Illinois fan tonight and Ty Berry is hitting shots and doing well, then you're – you're going to maybe be in for some trouble because when I read the three keys and a pick from Derek Piper today, it sounds like Ty Berry likes to explode in big games. Or let me say it this way in games that Northwestern ends up winning. Yeah. Uh, Ty Berry always has that thing. It's funny that why can't I think is it Langaborn? Is that the kid from Princeton? He's the guy that Northwestern always used to have without anybody else around him. He was the Kevin Coble, yep. right? Or, or a couple of those guys that every year they had that big dude that could sit outside and hit a three, 
And if they, you know, Eschmeyer wasn't that guy, but Eschmeyer could do everything. But I'm going way back now. But, it, it, you know, they always had that one dude that could hit those threes, and it was always kind of a pain in your side. Like, you'd be, you'd be up five, and it's like, all right, let's make a run here against a bad Northwestern team. And then all of a sudden, that dude would hit – Coble would hit two threes. And you're like, what? But it's now you're not only talking about this Langeborn guy, but you also have a really good – all-American type guard in, in Boo Booey, mm-hmm. and then Ty Berry, who can play at a high level, you've got an old team just like Illinois. There's a lot of old on that, and I'm, you know, talking like, <laughs> I mean, I'm old. A lot of experience. A lot of experience on that court tonight when you look at all the years that a lot of these guys have played basketball. So, and, and that's, I think, back to your point about, like, picking up where you're losing with Shannon is – I'm glad you've got a veteran team. I mean, can you imagine last year's team going through this with all the youth they had and the and no experience? I think it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to go in terms of dealing with a guy like Boo Booey and and a guy like Ty Berry. I mean, I, this is where I think Rogers has to. I mean, Ty's really got to step up defensively, and I think maybe you have to see a little bit more of uh, Gibbs Lawhorn on the defensive end to try to match the quickness with. Boo Booey. I would almost put Rodgers on Barry and say, Boo's going to get his. We're not going to let anybody else beat us. And it'll be interesting if they do that, but I just don't know how you can just let Boo Booey, you know, just yeah. go out and score 30 or so like he did against Purdue. And I think that was him, wasn't it? Wasn't he matched just shot for Boo shot? Boo Booey had 31. Yeah. 31 and nine assists against Purdue. So it's like, eh. I don't know if you can just let him just kind of get hit. I mean, obviously you're going to have somebody guarding him, but. Sure. I don't know. What would you do? Would you put Ty on him? I think I would. Okay. I personally, I, I, I think this is a big game for Justin Harmon again. I, mm, I would. Good call. I think there is kind of the the interesting dynamic of do you try to use your size at the other end? And nothing against Luke Goody. Like, obviously, he's our boy, number one. Number two, good shooter. <laughs> I, I do think he is a, a, a better defender than people give him credit for, especially when he's matched up with a, a like-sized guy. I just yeah. don't want him chasing a guard. I don't want him chasing – Ty Barry a bunch and, and having Barry attack him off the dribble. Uh, I think the same thing, and not to single out Luke, if, if Marcus Damask is trying to guard Ty Barry, I don't think that goes well for Illinois. No. For the most part. And now, again, at the other end, if if Barry's on, on Damask, that's in a mid-post waiting to happen. Yep. Although, I know that a six five one mentions that Northwestern loves to trap the post. I think that they'll definitely try to do that and isolate, or, or I should say neutralize Marcus Damask's post-up opportunities. That opens up three-point looks, which we'll see if Illinois, who has been shooting the three pretty well, wow. Missouri and yeah. uh, FDU, they hit double-digit threes in both those games. So, Have uh, we talked since Missouri? We haven't talked. <laughs> the day of the Missouri game, we were right. off. This is the first time back. So a, a lot has transpired. <laughs> How do we let Missouri go uh, uh, on a thumping like that and wow. not even mention it? And that was so impressive, too. How fun was that? The problem, I mean, we would be talking a lot about it if Terrence Shannon was yeah. still in this mix. Amen. You know what we'd be saying right now? Uh, that Illinois looks like a bona fide top 10 team, yep. one that can really challenge Purdue for the Big Ten title and should go deep in March. Yes. Like, that was all the momentum that was being built. That's a great point. They're ninth now in the rankings. They're ninth in the AP poll. They're 10th on Ken Palm, 12th in the net rankings. Uh, I know you check Bart Torvik a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I dug this up last night when I was looking through Illinois stuff and also Northwestern. You know from December 1st and on, the top five teams in the country, I, I'd have to pull it up again to get uh, get the exact list. But it, like I think it was it was Houston 1, Purdue 2, I forget who was 3. Illinois was fourth in the country. In what? Just overall. Just overall. Okay. Overall efficiency. Like they're, they're oh, gotcha, met, gotcha. They're measure of who the best teams are mm. from December 1st and on Sweet. within the last month wow. Illinois was the fourth best team in the country by their metrics I, they played like it I mean they played I, I. <laughs> so that's really what the the I mean this is o- obvious but the gut punch it's of this, huge. this Shannon news this isn't just some all right well North, Illinois looked pretty good and, and they're you know they could get to the, the sweet 16 like this was looking like a team that could do some real serious damage. Still had some things to prove. Like they had to win some big games coming up here in the Big Ten. But the way that Terrence was playing, mm. twenty-two a night, All-American, probably best player in college basketball outside of Zach Eady. And what what all he opens up. Yeah, and exactly that too. Yeah, and, and it's a lot different when you're talking about 
him as that star, and then, oh, look at the supporting cast of, right. of DeMask and Garrier and Coleman. Now it's those guys need to be more primary pieces, which I'm not saying they're not capable of it, but it changes yep. the, the dynamic a lot. I think it changes defensively. Like I think yes. if you go into the night and like, all right, they're going to throw Shannon at Bowie and Rodgers at Barry, yep. I don't think Northwestern's yep. going to have much of a good time tonight. Agree. But I, I mean, think it's different when you don't have that with Shannon, and I think it's harder to stop a, a quicker backcourt without him in the mix brad underwood said it best terrence shannon was on the top of everybody's scouting report so when a coach from an opposing team first thing they thought of was how do we slow him and to lose that and to i thought bill sent in a great text on the u of i line like text line the shannon thing's an example of how tomorrow isn't promised to anybody which is why the failure to capitalize on the iowa and kofi years was so meaningful and the casual brushing off of those years was so infuriating. I don't know. I've always said that that loss to Loyola will be one that Brad Underwood ruse till the day he finally makes a Final Four. Like, he, talked he, a lot about he will that, yeah. finally take that guilt off his shoulders when he breaks through to a Final Four one year. The first thing in Brad Underwood's mind is, thank God that Loyola game's done now. I don't ever have to hear about it. I don't have to ever think about it because you're right. I mean, you're right, Bill. That, that that game, when it happened that day, I was like, oh, boy. You're not often a number one seed. So, for that to happen, that was, yeah. that was crushing. And Illinois had some good breaks go their way, like to get Io back for a third right. year when, you know, COVID canceled that season. Maybe he was on his way to, to going on a little bit of a, a postseason run and then going to the NBA or – uh, NIL providing the the pathway for Kofi to say I'm not I'm going to wait on the professionals I'm going to make some money in college he comes back he won a Big Ten title Trent Frazier going hand in hand mm. with that gets granted a COVID year to play his fifth year yep. uh, and and those are things that helped Illinois uh, obviously Terrence Shannon having the ability to use his COVID year Big time. and NIL to come back this year Damask. not to not to yeah and, and Damask obviously Gary A Harmon, all fifth year got not to discredit and say, oh well, you know, Brad Underwood just sitting there keeps getting getting dealt pocket aces, and he's a he's a terrible <laughs> poker player. He's half drunk. We've all been there. Right. He's half drunk. He just keeps get, getting dealt good cards, and everybody's losing their chips. Like he he has made these moves to get Terrence Shannon to to yes, put the piece. I think he did a great job of putting the pieces around Terrence this year, minus a point guard. But even then, we've seen that this mm-hmm. team has a lot there. But yes, I, I think that. Really, Kofi not coming back yeah. was the only coming bad, for another year, bad yeah. card that he got, if yeah. you will, in that hand because that was the only thing that has gone wrong in terms of what you were hoping going into an offseason, like you just spelled sure. out. A great analogy, by the way. I'll, about Yeah, right. Although you do recruit – we're talking about point guards, and you had two of them, and then one transferred to Georgetown, one transferred to Louisville. I'm not saying that – those are your either one of those guys are necessarily your answers. Mm. Maybe even one, maybe more so than the other. Curbelo was your answer. Yeah, that, there you go. I think I yeah, really no, think he, that. a healthy Curbelo. Yeah, I think that, and I understand what all's happened with him since. But if Curbelo is a fifth year guy this mm. year, well, he'd be a fourth year guy or four. Yeah, four. same year as Coleman. That's right. Good call. I just think that he answers all the questions you have. Man. <laughs> If he played, like, you know, if he continued to ascend as he showed his freshman year, I, I just, eesh, you know, man, was he good his freshman year? I told I told my wife after this Shannon news came out, and obviously we don't know what's what's in store in the future. He could be back in a few weeks. If, yeah. if something were to come from this case, he could never play for Illinois again. And, and just kind of the interesting trying to play out those both scenarios in your mind of what mm. that would look like obviously is – it's interesting and obviously scary for Atlanta fans too if it goes on the wrong side of it. But uh, I told my wife after this one, what if I could write a book, oh. the what ifs of Illinois basketball? Just from your time on the earth. I know, I know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to go. <laughs> It'd be too long. It'd be like encyclopedia long if I did like the Back entire. Back to my time yeah, on earth. man. But just, yeah, even within the time I've covered Illinois too. Oh my goodness. What if John Gross gets Jalen Brunson? What if. Oh. That would just be really painful to read. What if Illinois doesn't lose to Loyola? No, no. What if Bill see. Self doesn't leave and go to Kansas? I w- oh, my goodness. Nope. There's not one. Take it from me. I ain't reading that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm not reading yeah, it. Yeah, it would be a little I'll depressing, I'll buy it right? just to support you, but I'm not. It's going right on a shelf right. and never being I'd have touched. to have some good ones. <laughs> right. I'd have to have some, like, 
What if uh, it was there somebody that got in? Well, what if Darren Williams never would have broken his jaw mm. and it seemingly slimmed him up? And then didn't it? I think yeah, because yeah. he had to drink like strawberry shakes or something for like two months. Maybe that's what I needed. Could somebody come break my jaw? Uh, but yeah, what if that one? And then Darren turns out to be one of the best basketball players we've ever had. So that, that maybe that is what you you're have going. Some good at. stories in there, <laughs> yeah. I guess. What if uh, Frank Williams? What if Sergio McLean and Frank Williams went to Indiana? Oh Lord, see that's not good. That's not good. But then you can circle it back. Woo! But they didn't, and only won titles. And <laughs> what if Kruger wouldn't have gone to the Atlanta Hawks, and you wouldn't have had Self? Yeah, true. But I was fine with Kruger. I mean, obviously, hindsight's great to look back and understand that self even elevated at another level. But, boy, I loved Alon Kruger and what he was able to do here. And then you felt so jilted. But then you were like, well, but he's going to take over a NBA franchise. How do you how do you rip a dude for doing that? I just loved everything about Lon, including his name. And then all of a sudden you get Bill Self and it's like, oh, well, hold on a second. And I'm then, glad we talked uh, this thing out because now I, I can see that it'd be too depressing. It would be. And oh, Big Def's got a perfect one. What if Brian Randall never broke his hand punching that locker? How yeah. much – he would have had an effect in that national title game, obviously, with Augie going down. I'm not going down, but with with the officials oh, taking Augie down. Yeah. That was another one. What if North uh, Carolina didn't get all those foul calls? What if North Carolina players actually went to class? Oh, oh. <laughs> Maybe they'd flunk then, and they wouldn't know. Ah, that was terrible. Yeah! <laughs> that still works. <laughs> it still works. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Mm. Sorry to sidetrack. Wow. Well, you got me. But you got my my head spinning. Now. Hit us on the text line two one seven three five nine twenty two fifty five. What is the biggest what if in Illinois basketball oh, history? My goodness. Or what would be the most interesting one to read? Hit us up with that. We'll talk more Illinois Northwestern ben as Wilson. we go along and come up next. Oh, that's Ben it. Wilson would be my number one what yeah, if. Wow. That talk about tragedy. Yeah, no doubt. Eef. Let us know two one seven three five nine twenty two fifty five on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. We'll be back. This is the drive. Illini fans, gear up to support your Fighting Illini men's and women's basketball team this year at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini Game Day Spirit. From buy one, get one free basketball t-shirts to official NIL merchandise, Game Day Spirit has everything you need to support your Fighting Illini. Shop with them in store at the corner of Neal and Kirby in Champaign, 6th and Green in Campus Town, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. BC Bank, leading the way to your financial wellness. No matter where your financial journey begins, Pathways Banking Options at Busey are designed with your goals in mind. Busey Bank, building strong financial futures, one family, one street, one city at a time. Busey, your partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. Thank you for choosing two men in a truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomenandatruck.com for your free estimate. Illini fans, taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, save $5 on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza, chicken grill to perfection, premium mozzarella cheese, bacon, red onion, and BBQ sauce. All piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all-meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off. Hi, I'm Tyler Weaver, president of Carpet Weaver's Flooring and Furniture Gallery. It's time to come home to Carpet Weaver's. We don't want you to just like your new floors. We want you to love them. From waterproof floors and carpet to furnitures and design advice, we've got a team of experts on your side. We'll get you the best price and the best quality products. And complete your home with furniture and accessories. Buy it all with free financing, too. 
come home to Carpet Weavers, where floors, furniture, and family meet. Hey, from the day-to-day -day operations to long-term planning, running a family business is hard work. You probably dream to see its success for generations, but the Family Business Institute shows only 30% of family businesses survive through the second generation. So to keep that family in family business, the experts at Busey have some suggestions. How about planning early? Five to 15 years before the transition. That's a long time. Five to 15 years to think out how this transition should happen. Communicate the plan with your family and let them see your vision. Know your value. Overvaluing can impact stability and financial interests. And asking for help from experts such as at Busey to add ob objectivity and prevent oversights. That's huge. Determining your successor, if it's unclear, make sure you know that. Whatever your financial needs, business and beyond, Busey promises the resource to help you succeed. Stop into one of their many convenient locations. Call 800-67-BUSEY or visit Busey.com for all your financial needs. Busey, member FDIC. I'm member. <laughs> We've got some good ones coming in. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. I voiced it to the text line. What's the biggest what if? <laughs> I know in my basketball history, what would be the most interesting one to read? We've got some good submissions so far, although Maxwell has one on the football side. What if Illinois offered Aaron Rodgers a scholarship since he admitted he wanted to play for us? Oh, boy. Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Tom Brady came out and said he was – very interested in Illinois, but they never came he and saw did? Him play. Yeah, I never heard that. You, was that me? A me and Kyle show? Must have been. I've never heard that. He Tom was, Brady. He was doing a. I don't. It wasn't a TED talk, but he was he was talking about his recruitment, and said that it was down to Michigan, Illinois, and another school, <laughs> and Michigan was the one school that came out and watched him play. Are you serious? And so that was the deciding factor that he went to Ann Arbor. Why all of a sudden are two of the best quarterbacks ever that are both from – aren't they both from California? Well, Rodgers was. I don't know where Brady's from. I think he's from California. Yeah, I think yeah. he is too. And all of a sudden those two random guys – Wanted to go to Illinois. <laughs> I said something at the break to you. I I, I still think ben, Benji Wilson would be number one for me, but – how about this what if? What if Illinois basketball wins either in 89 or 05? How are we different as a fan base? Now, one thing I told you, I think if you win in 89 by now, you're like, what have you done for me lately, right? It's kind of like, and, and my analogy to you was, well, the Bears were so good in 85, and that defense was the best I'd ever seen, and they won a Super Bowl. So in Lon's mind, I still think the Bears yeah. have won a title and this and that, but in your mind, you're like, and? That's a great analogy. I've heard so many stories about 85. I've heard about the Super Bowl shuffle. My grandma's got it on VHS, and I was not alive for it. I can't relate a ton to it. Jim McMahon and the crew. Oh, my. Mike all, all Singletary. I say, man, oh. I wish I could have seen that team. I've said that line a million and one times. But it would be interesting, like in, in 05, if that – if Illinois takes care of business and wins a national title, I still feel for Illinois fans, there's a little bit of we feel disrespected on a national stage. And we're always fighting that, that uphill battle to say, no, we are one of the best programs in the country. Even though technically you are, you don't yeah. have that natty. Mm -hmm. And so if you would have gotten that done in 05 or 89, at least you could say, well, we've got – we have a national title. You know, it's, it's like football. I, I go into Memorial Stadium, and I'm like, oh, we're five-time national champs. I didn't realize that. <laughs> it's like we're up there with Alabama. Uh -huh. I'm like, what, where did these come from? From 1905. <laughs> but whatever. I, it looks great. I mean, if, if, if you're somebody that doesn't know much about it, you're looking up going, wow, Illinois had some really good teams back in the aughts. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, what have you done for us lately now? Yes. So that would be a big what if I for think me. that's really interesting. And, and what it would have changed recruiting-wise, maybe post-2005 more so than 89. Because 89, they, they were recruiting just fine. It was the Bruce oh. Pearl situation yeah. that really put a damper on, on that as far as that goes. And that was 
a common thread in terms of the text line of what if Bruce Pearl wasn't so shady at the Deion Thomas, the the sanctions that came down and whatnot. That, that obviously was a, a stain on Illinois when they had things rolling through the 80s. Big time. Uh, as for some more what-ifs, uh, 6-3-0, kind of on the note of winning a title. Oh, this would have got you the title game. What if Nick Anderson grabs the rebound uh, like he did so many times in that 89 Final Four game against Michigan? Uh, JT says the biggest what-if was Augustine getting into foul trouble uh, against North Carolina. What if he uh, is able to stay in that game? Uh, obviously, that mm, would have changed things. No there doubt. are a lot of these. I, I give credit to <laughs> listeners. So many are rolling in, I can't even keep up with them. Every time you start to read it, it clicks, and then it moves another. Uh, yeah, Chris, what if Kenny Battle doesn't slip on the floor and get hurt on that run in 89? Uh, I mean, yeah. that affected him a little bit, obviously. So, yeah. What mm. if Eric Gordon would have de- wouldn't have decommitted? Oh, my goodness. Did you have to bring him up? Sorry. I mean, there's going to be a lot of chapters I don't even open in your book. I'm like, I'm not even opening that chapter. Just give me the positive ones and then everything. is Like, if you dare, like that should be like a, the first 40 pages are all the positive what ifs. And then there's like a blank page and then a photograph of you and Haley and the kids, you know, because you, you know, in a book, you always go yeah. right to the photographs. Uh-huh. And then maybe there's a picture of you and I doing the radio show and you on Channel 3 and pregame. And, and then you flip and there's another blank page. And you're like, what? And then there's just this one page that has dot, dot, dot. Now for the rest, uh, if you dare. Yeah. And then that's where I'd, I'd be like, nope. Like, I'm out. It's like me watching the 89 championship game or 05. I can't do it. I cannot watch. Or the Super Bowl in 09 with Pittsburgh. I just will not watch that game again. And it's too bad because it might be the only time the Cardinals are ever in the Super Bowl. I'll never watch it again in my life. I just can't handle the – the. Ugh. what if Mike Small was never hired as golf coach? That's JT. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. Man, has he been good. And how about the women's what golf team? What if Hunter team Dickinson the- would have beaten Illinois? <laughs> goes in the first 40 (laughs) (laughs) well we might lean on hunter more than we think oh boy so i yeah i don't know as kansas are they playing pretty i mean they're playing pretty good basketball yeah yeah. having a good season they're playing pretty well i saw that marquette uh they beat uh beat creighton in a good game yeah man that creighton team last year was count me in on a I know i've said this love that creighton i loved that team and i if they would still pretty good this year they are but if they is is Kalkbrenner back, the yep, big dude? Kalkbrenner's there. Shireman, the lefty. Yeah, but they it's, lost it's, the one guard. Yeah, they lost uh, Nemhart, who went mm. to Gonzaga. <sighs> he was so good. It's funny how Jay says he doesn't like lefties throwing the football, <laughs> but everybody loves a lefty shooting a basketball. You do. You do. And as, on the mound, I think lefties are pretty good as well. <laughs> oh, you're exactly right. That is funny that he said that, though, about a left-handed quarterback. Like, in my mind, I started thinking of, like, the, the Steve Young, Mark Brunel, yes. Steve Young, you know, all the Boomer Esiason. Did you think about Matt Leiner? I didn't. Duh. Man, I'm killing you with these names. You are, man. You're I, killing I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> what if Illinois decided to act like a big-time program when Makovic left? I Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Of course, he did take over as AD and head coach at Texas. That's kind of... That's kind of a big deal. Understandable, the jump, yeah. (laughs) To go to Texas as an AD and head coach, I'm guessing a lot of guys are leaving Illinois for that spot. Nothing against Illinois, but, you know, there's always bigger fish, unfortunately. For sure. As we look to tonight, as you think about this game for Illinois, now I mentioned earlier, like Quincy Gary is playing his best basketball, definitely at least since – his sophomore year at Syracuse when he was an all-league player there. I think it, the last four games, he's averaging about 17 points, eight rebounds. He just looks rebounds. like he's having so much fun. That too. He just yeah. looks like he's having fun out there. Like, it's all come to him. Like, this is that, like it's all easy for me now. It just seems like to me. Yeah. No, I mean, a, a 23, 24-year-old uh, who's shooting the three really well. He's rebounding it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some dad strength working on <laughs> right. working on his favor for sure. Uh, that going for him too, uh, and has play, played in a ton of basketball games. Not only like he's coming from the high major level to the high major level. He's not yeah. having to adjust to a, a, a new 
you know, stage or, or different level of competition or anything like that. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, like we mentioned, was able to hit five threes in the last game, and a guy that stretched the floor tonight against, against Matthew Nicholson. Right. A seven-foot, 280-pound center that's good at the rim in terms mm-hmm. of defensively, not much to speak of offensively, but uh, he's a guy that rebounding-wise and, and blocking shots and, and just making things congested around the basket can do that, but Coleman could step out, hit that three, and, and, and really make it something that he just can't guard. It's a, it's a mismatch for him as well. Uh, but what I'm getting to is is who are you kind of pinpointing and watching tonight? Who who do you think is the X factor for Illinois going into this Big Ten home opener against Northwestern? I, I, I hate to take the easy way out here, but I do think it's Coleman. I think Coleman has to be the guy that steps his game up like we know he can, kind of what I thought he would do this year. And I know there's little things that he does that I don't know that we all appreciate. I think offensively, though, he's got to score the ball. The The problem here that worries me is I don't care how good of a three-point shooter, you're not always going to be on from three. So he's going to have to be able to get buckets in a different way as well. And I know even when he threw up the 18 the other night, he had a couple of – he wasn't just all threes, but certainly when you're hitting threes, you can pile up your point totals in a hurry. I think he's huge. I don't know that Damask – see if this makes sense to you. I'm not sure that Damask can elevate his game that much more. Does that make sense? I think Marcus Damask needs to stay and do what he's doing now. If that's if that's assists like he did the other night, great. If that's you certainly need him to hit his threes better than what he's doing. And he can, and he knows that. So you need more of that out of Damask. I'm not expecting another 33 point performance out of him, but you could get a few more points out of him. But I think Marcus just being Marcus, I think I don't know that he's the kind of guy that elevates that much. I think Coleman can. I, I think a guy like Gary A, like you're saying, definitely can. Ty Rogers, I, he's kind of like Damask to me where on the offensive end, I don't know that he can elevate that much more. I mean, he can get to the rim, and that would certainly help Illinois. I know from reading your stuff that they're not a team that plays at the rim very often. But defensively, I think is where Ty needs to really step it up now with Shannon gone and, and kind of take even more of a – and he's been good. I'm not saying he yeah. hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I, I'm trying to go through the, uh, the team in my head. I think Goody, I think he's the kind of guy that's – as long as he's just doing his thing and he's going to get more minutes, which means he's going to get more shots, which means I think you're going to hit more threes. And I think that's good. I, I'm, I'm all about Luke Goody playing a few more minutes. I was fine with what he was playing. Because I totally understood it, and I guarantee you, look, Goody. I think he's come on our airwaves and said, "I'm good." I mean, let's. I mean, we got to look at the team we've got. We're ninth in the country, and, and everybody's rolling. And Shannon's a stud, and this and that. I think though that Goody is in a position to where he can take on more of a role, and I think you're going to need it out of him. And then you said Justin Harmon. I mean, if, I don't. I'm not expecting him to come in and knock down four threes again, but if he can just play like he has, he's got a pretty shot. All of a sudden, man, you're watching that FDU game, and I'm like, remember last year we couldn't make a three? And now it looks like we can't miss a three. So that would kind of, I guess, be a little bit of a rundown. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Is it going to happen for Dre enough? I mean, he'll Mm. get a little bit more opportunities. I think think tonight probably isn't it. I I think it's going to continue. I think Dre would have been one of those guys that didn't get many opportunities anyway. Yeah. Now I think he becomes – the okay whereas we posted like where we had guys like Harmon and Gary A and such in in the sense that or or Dane maybe is not Gary A Dane would be the perfect spot there's the guy I forgot and and I'm anxious to get your thoughts but like there would be games where you would say even well this might be a game where you see Dane more because there's more of this and and I felt like that was the case with Harmon as well I think now Dre falls into that or moves up a step into that rotation of and I think tonight might be that night where you've got a quick guy like Boo. Maybe you throw Dre on him a, a few times to kind of, you know, I don't know, try to. Can he have guy. a sincere night? Yeah. Oh, I thought. I know sincere is a different animal, though. In terms I know of like his defense and and how much grounding cover and his grit. And he was huge in terms of slowing Bowie down in that second half last <clears> year. And you said in your article, I don't mean to give it away. But like Brad said, like sincere is nothing has changed on that. He's because yep. I thought to myself too, man. There's still a, there's a lot of games to be played. You got the whole Big Ten schedule. Why couldn't sincere come back now? Because he would fill a huge role defensively, and I know he probably hates hearing that. He probably hates 
That's probably the reason he's redshirting now is because he, he wants, wants everybody to, to ends, yeah. talk talk about offense as well. But think about what you're losing with Shannon defensively and what Sincere Harris can offer mm. you defensively. I mean, that's kind of like well, a – that's the carrot in front of the horse that's just sitting there on yes. your bench and you're like, oh, like tonight. We'll have another conversation about the – obviously – Defending Purdue is its own animal, and we'll talk. You Oof, know, you got to account for Edie, and then if you double him, how do you get to the guys that are shooting the three really well? But a week from now, you're playing Michigan State, and they got Tyson Walker and AJ Hogarth. I'd say no one like can't deal with those guys, but it'd be nice to have. I, I the way I think of it, maybe it'll be proven wrong tonight. I think it'd be nice to have guards against guards. Yes, I just worry about some quicker teams that will beat Illinois off the dribble if they're matched up against Damask and Goody uh, in that sense. Maybe Goody will – maybe I'll even tell Luke tomorrow if he gets matched up against Ty Berry and, and Barry can't get by him. I'm like, Luke, I thought Let's he was going to burn baby. you off the bounce. You cut off every driving lane and he, <laughs> he had an off night, and, and that was a huge deal. Uh, I just feel like, though, that obviously with Terrence, that was never an issue. Terrence is an athletic freak, and him and, and Ty together could match up against a lot of – of guards who were going to be primary options. Big time. So I was sincere. That was obviously his biggest strength last year. He turned some games. Uh, it was a momentum type of player. I think that's still within the realm of possibility for Dre in some yeah. moments. Like yeah. will come in and, and spark you with his athleticism. I with agree. His, maybe uh, a, a couple of plays in transition or whatnot. But yeah, for the most part, you took a good one with Coleman. Obviously, I, I mentioned him in the him against like the kind of the drop coverage big guy. The the, the plotting big man is going to be pretty much locked to the paint. If, if Coleman can make those threes, that'll be a huge deal for Illinois. If you look at Northwestern in terms of their numbers, their defense wants to make you shoot threes. Mm. They, like I've said, trap the post, but they yep. trap Damask, Damask, and they just condense. They, they, they got that kind of pack line. Just when the ball enters inside the arc, the, they just kind of like a magnet just start to – gravitate towards the paint and they try to kick out and they try to collapse out and then help they will give you three-point looks more than they want you to take shots around the basket so that's fair. Uh, i think that could open up goody obviously to hit threes coleman on down the line damask is a better shooter than what 20 yeah. some percent i know austin asked if if we ever thought damask would score 20 again this year yeah i do i do i, yeah. I think he will i do what about dane I think uh, Dane obviously had a really good game against FDU. Uh, it was a team that their big man was six or six seven. No, oh. so like as far as the the matchup, it was built for him to have a really good game. I don't know that this one with Nicholson being a seven footer inside, like that, that you maybe want Dane in there uh, to to go kind of let's let's go big for big. I think the the way to exploit Northwestern is to have Coleman at the five, make Nicholson try to come out of the paint, either to open up driving lanes for Ty to go downhill or open up the post for Damas to post up and whatnot, uh, or if he's going to not be able to get out to the perimeter to have right. Coleman knock down that five. So uh, Dane obviously is, is going to get some minutes. Mm -hmm. Him being effective around the hoop, not over-dribbling, being able to just be a guy that I think offensively things are going to – I wouldn't be surprised if things – are tougher to come by tonight for Illinois than what we've seen of recent. I mean, that's saying that's not saying a whole lot when they just scored 104 and they right. scored 90 something against Missouri. <laughs> Offense has looked really, really easy for this team of late. But Northwestern's a better defensive team that Illinois has seen in a while. I wouldn't be surprised if there is some some stretches of, of yeah. tough looking basketball. Dane, to his credit, when he's on, can be that guy you mm -hmm. dump it into and get a basket. But I. I it, me personally, I'm trying to play the matchup. I'm trying to play, let's take their five men, five men away from what he's good at, which is camping out around the rim and just kind of being a factor at the basket. Coleman being that, that mismatch five, I think is that important. That makes sense. Makes um, total sense. I know we got to catch one more final break here, but uh, let me, let's tease that. I'll tell you my pick for the biggest X factor tonight and why I think this guy will have a big say and whether Illinois wins or not, you weigh in on the text line, 217-359-2255. If you could pick one guy to have a standout performance to get it done for the Illini tonight, who would you choose? We'll be back to get those answers when we return. This is The Drive. 
I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up, and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pain. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting. We'll close your loan conveniently in our comfortable offices. We invite you to visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. Call or visit us at 356-BANK today. First Federal, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, for Welcome to Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Hi, I'm looking for a refrigerator. When you buy from us, you get the whole store. Oh, yeah, well, I just need a refrigerator. Don't need the whole store. But you get it, the whole store. My kitchen is only about this big. You get me. Hello. All those delivery, installation, and service technicians in back. Wow, all those people? The Dick Van Dyke 5-10-year protection plan, which means in the unlikely event something goes wrong in the first five years, your repair cost is nothing. Nothing? 10 years parts coverage on the major components. Looks like I'm getting more than the refrigerator today. Um, how much does this whole store cost? Nothing. Come on. For real. We guarantee to beat any competitor's deal, all that other stuff we talked about, like our service tax. And your 5-10-year protection plan. All all included. I'm Dennis Freak and chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. And when we say you get the whole store, we mean the whole store. Wow! Dick Van Dyke. 